What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? They take their listeners from surviving to thriving. I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast brought to you by Future Focused Parenting. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Raising Adults. Thank you for being with us today. Kira and Dina here with an episode talking about single parenting, which is something that Dina did for quite some time and has experiences that she's going to share and just some tools and tips for navigating that particular type of parenting, because that is really unique and challenging and its own kind of set of challenges alongside normal parental challenges, because parenting's really not hard enough. Let's make it harder. Um, So I'm going to let her chat about it mostly, because as usual, this is something where I had single parents, so I can speak a little bit from the child's perspective. But I know that she's got some really great ideas to share with those of you who are listening that have either been there and will resonate with what she's talking about, or maybe you're thinking of being there, or you're in it right now. I know we have listeners who are single parents, so we just want to make sure that there's some good tips and tools and just thoughts for you to be thinking about and engaging with to just help on the parenting journey. Yeah, I know we have listeners in this situation, and we don't want them feeling left out, and we talk a lot about parenting on the same page with your partner or your spouse or even other caregivers or we just had an episode on building community and sometimes a single parent isn't even really connected with a lot of community resources either Mm -hmm. so sometimes they're feeling pretty alone in this journey and I just want you to know you're not alone and that as someone who did this for six years I think it's really important that you are heard and that your specific and unique needs are addressed. And this episode will be a little bit unique because it's revisiting a time in my life that wasn't the easiest and was pretty challenging. But I do think that I grew through it and that there are some things actually that are pretty special about being a single parent that can't even be recreated when there's two adults in the home. So just know that you also bring something really special to the table and you have a unique opportunity, privilege, responsibility, all of the above during this time to be all that you can be for your child or children. And that is pretty special. And it is not something to be taken lightly. So we just want to make sure you're also heard and well cared for. And that's actually one of the big things I'm going to talk about today. So my why was really unique. And you won't hear me say this very often. I am generally a very parent-centered parent, not child-centered. I I tend to not parent viewing my child as the center of the universe, and I'm going to do everything to cater to that. I tend to parent because I'm raising adults in a way that I believe reflects my values and is aiming me toward a specific goal. However, for these six years, there were a lot of times where I intentionally chose to put the kids first. And so my why was at the end of my parenting journey, which it doesn't really ever end until you're toast, right? But when I've launched people... I want them to be able to look back on that time and not feel that it was a downgrade. 
that those years were less than or somehow worse, that they could still look back on that season and have really positive memories, have maybe even some fun and special things about that time to look back on, and that it was a fairly seamless piece of their childhood. Not to say it wasn't without other transitions, because of course, anytime you become a single parent, it's because of some kind of transition, either a a breakup, a divorce, a spouse has passed away. I mean, any number of things, right, that are really tricky and challenging, but that they would at least say it wasn't such a disruption in how mom was, Mm -hmm. that mom was steady, mom was consistent. And so for me, that involved this very intentional choosing of the kids in a way that I think my overall parenting journey doesn't really reflect on the whole, if that makes sense. And I do hope that you will pipe in, Kira, because you got to see a mom do this and a dad do this. And I don't bring that perspective. And so I'm always really grateful having done this part as an adult that I can hear from someone who did it as a young person. So please do that. Whether it's something I say triggers something or even you just have something to add, I hope that you will. So thank you for bringing that side of the coin. Yeah, Never afraid to pipe in. (laughs) We know this about me. I suppose that's fair. (laughs) Well, one of the first things I want to talk about, just because often we aren't even able to receive information about how to improve ourselves or tips and ideas and suggestions until we've been cared for. I noticed that even in my own life, I need to recharge to be the best wife, mom, you name it, person, employee, etc. And so I really want to start with talking about what self-care looks like for the single parent, because that is a very different beast when you don't have a partner who comes home from work and you can kind of do a little bit of a handoff or you can go take a bubble bath or you can go have girls night real easily and know that your kids are with their other parent. When you're a single parent, that is not always the case. Now, as we've talked about, sometimes you might be co-parenting. So maybe you could wait until it's their visitation day with the other parent and then you do those things. But not everyone even has another parent in the picture. And so that becomes really challenging. And I think it's really easy to go, well, then you have grandma watch the kids or you have a friend. But again, I want to highlight that some people are in a single parenting situation, not of their own choosing, and where they're pretty isolated. It might have been that they left when they got in a relationship and moved out of state. Now they're not near their community, their friends, their kids' school that they were familiar with, their house of worship, if they have a faith paradigm, whatever it is, you can find yourself really doing this alone. So I'll want to make sure to address both. So obviously, if you're in a co-parenting situation, my recommendation is that you do your time when your kids are with their other parent. Because We've seen quotes like this all over the place, you know, when in doubt, choose the kids. There's plenty of time to choose work later. Well, I think we could replace work with fun. I mean, you can also choose to do your fun when it's not going to impact your kids. And this is very different than in an attacked family where it's healthy and great if your kids see, oh, daddy goes some out sometimes with his friends and sometimes mom goes away overnight with, for a girl's trip or whatever. But when you're the only one they're with at the time, they need you to be present. So that's something I would just encourage you to make allowances for that and just enjoy and soak up and try to savor that time when your kids are with you because you already have less than 
someone in a traditional family setting. But say that's not your situation. Say you don't have a co-parent or maybe you are widowed or whatever it might be. If you're doing this alone, then of course my next suggestion is what I just mentioned. See what else is around. Do you have family nearby? Do you have friends nearby? Could you make some? We just had a great uh, episode recently on building community. Is there a way you can reach out maybe to other parents at your children's school and you guys could maybe set up some childcare swaps? Or are there events that you can attend? Oftentimes there are mom's night out events at karate or other extracurricular activities. I just mentioned karate because I have a friend who does that. They have a mom's night out at their child's martial arts. I mean, how great is that? So don't be afraid to look for those things and take advantage of them. Sometimes local community centers will do things like that where you can pop in for the day, get your car repaired, get your nails done. They do all kinds of things just for single moms and let them kind of have this day of pampering and their kids have activities. So I heard I'm just going to interrupt. I heard recently about a um a group of moms and they have like a really impressive swap where everybody gets credit for like each kid is worth a certain number of hours. And so every time you babysit more than one kid, you're covering the hours that your kids cost basically. And so sometimes parents will realize like, "Oh, I'm low on hours. Friday night, bring your kids over." You know, and it just it's an interesting totally free way to make the childcare thing work, you know, that costs you nothing. And all you really have to do is provide babysitting for a few other kids occasionally, and you get that time without having to think about it and or feel guilty because it's that piece of asking, mm-hmm. right? Whereas if you've all entered into this contract of we're all going to do this together, then you don't have to feel bad asking that someone has hours that need to be used. And I would like to take advantage of them, please. I love that. That's really clever. Yes, do that. Start one, if not. I mean, parents want this kind of thing. I mean, you aren't the only person wanting and needing a break. Just know that. You probably need it in a unique way because when your children are with you, it's all you 24-7. There's nobody you can tag in. So while that part is unique, the idea of needing a break to recharge and refresh is not unique just to single parents. I think it comes with some special circumstances, but it's not unique. I bet if you started something like Kira just talked about, people would be in to join that. They'd be all over it. So that's definitely something you can look for. And again, if you're the kind of person who's brave and nothing like that exists, start it. Utilize your resources. But there's a third category. And for some people, there's really none of that for whatever reason. Maybe it's because of where you're living. Maybe it's because there's been a falling out relationally. I don't know what your specific circumstances are, but I just want to acknowledge some people just don't have these built-in things to do. So I have a couple suggestions for that, and they're not fancy, (laughs) but they are important. And one is that you pay attention to your children's schedule and just take advantage of those gaps where they're not needing you as heavily. So Obviously, the first thing that might come to mind is when they're asleep. And if you have younger children who do go to bed before you, that evening time might be a great opportunity to recharge, take a bath, read a book, watch your favorite show, whatever. But as you get into those older years, your children might actually go to bed after you or maybe you have to wake up early for work and that's not as much of a choice. So then it becomes paying attention 
to when do they not need me as heavily? Is it after school when they're busy with homework? Is it while they're at an extracurricular activity? Is it, oh, you know what? My work schedule is more of a swing shift. And so while they're at school, I actually have some time. It's just taking the time to pay attention to what the day looks like and grabbing that me time, which by the way, is not selfish. If your tank is not full, you are not going to be able to invest in other people very well. And that includes your children. So look at the day, find those little ins and outs where there might be a built in break and grab it. And then Last but not least, I hate that I even have to say this, but I know that for some people, that isn't even a thing. Maybe they're at work while the children are at school. Their kids really need them in the evening. They might have children who still wake up in the night. They might have teenagers who want to have a long talk at oh dark 30 at 1030 at night and they need to get to bed. So then what I want to say is last but certainly not least, if it comes to this, I love and appreciate Kira for mentioning the guilt that comes around this. If you truly are in this point where time, grabbing a chunk of time is not feasible, then it is imperative that you work on not having guilt about saying to your children, mommy needs a little bit of a break. And that could even be just 30 minutes to go sit down and read, or maybe it really fills you to get some exercise. And maybe you need to grab your dumbbells and go in the other room and work out. Maybe it's getting on the phone and talking with a friend who is long distance because you don't have that support system nearby. Maybe that really fills your tank to have some connection with some people that you love. But we've got to remove the idea that any time spent away from our kids is somehow bad, wrong, selfish, etc. As I said at the top of the episode, of course, my encouragement is that when your kids need you and when you have them, because in a lot of these single parenting situations, it's not 24-7 all the time. Yes, work to be available. But remember that your ability to be available is greatly compromised if you're burnt out, burning the candle at both ends, totally exhausted, and not ever recharging your own batteries. Yeah. Physically available is not what they need. They need actually emotionally, mentally available. And so if you're showing up physically, but you're not able to actually have the patience to have that conversation, right? Or you scream at them in the middle of the night, which, look, we've all done that. Let's just be (laughs) very honest. But because you're spread thin, then not only are you not meeting their needs, but now you're going to have guilt that you did that thing. I mean, it's just such a knock-on effect, right? So the permission to take space is so important if it's certainly, especially if it's not presented to you in an obvious way. Though most of us, even when it's presented in an obvious way, we feel bad taking it. So I would think as single parents who don't maybe even have an obvious presentation of time and space, that is a whole other challenge. Yeah. So important. Did you get to see this modeled? I'm curious. How did your parents take care of themselves during the years when they weren't, when they were no longer married? Well, it's interesting because you know what struck me when you were saying this is that I think as adults, we really forget how completely self-absorbed and narcissistic children are. And I don't mean that in a nasty way, but they are. Just so I was sitting here thinking, like, I have no idea what my parents did when I wasn't there with them, when I was with the other one, because they predominantly had joint custody. Um, they were, It was so amicable. There was just a lot of, like, making it work without mm-hmm. a, a real fixed parenting plan and schedule. I don't even think they had parenting plans back then. But, you know, I would, like, do-do-do over to my mom's house and really without a thought or a care in the world about what my dad was doing. So I think that's important that, you know, I think it's easy. I would imagine 
well, I can speak even just as a, a parent who has a partner. When we leave, we sort of assume that they're like, oh, mommy, I miss you so much. And I do think there's some of that. Some. But they're also like, do-do-do, reading their <laughs> books and watching their shows and doing their art projects. And, you know, so I think don't make the mistake that your children are sitting there pining for you every second that you're not available to them. They are probably distracted by whatever fun thing they're doing. And that's okay. And normal Um, for kids. Yeah. Now, if it's consistent, I would think, like if every weekend they're with you, you're getting a babysitter and going out, that's probably not a great idea. Mm -hmm. But I think the odd thing here or there, yeah, they're distracted. They're happy. They, Of course they miss you, but it's okay for them to miss you. Right? Right. Well, you're not going to be around forever. Hopefully not holding their hand, walking them to class or to work when they're 30. (laughs) So, you know, there's something good to be said for that. But I, I don't want our listeners to miss that. I mean, I hope you heard what Kira said, that in all likelihood, it is not disruptive and traumatic for your child to see you take good care of you, even if that means they're not with you for a little bit. And in the case of people who have their kids all the time or, or just are in that challenging situation, it's also not wrong for you to remove yourself and take a little break. They'll be okay. Kids are amazingly adaptable and resilient, and we often don't really give them the credit that they deserve for how well they do handle things. I think it's when something is repetitive or really caustic in nature or really damaging, then of course, that's not what we're advocating. But it's actually quite healthy for kids to see, wow, I do okay, even when mom's not right there. I mean, that's that's a positive thing for them, too. So if that helps you, maybe you frame it that way. Well, and I think it's how it's phrased, because it's so important kids understand the why, right? I mean, we're all about the why, but children need to understand the why, too. There's mm-hmm. a big difference between go away, mommy's having time to herself, and I love being with you. I really want to be able to give you my full attention later. So I'm going to take 30 minutes for myself so I can recharge so that you can get my full attention later. That is an entirely different experience that the child is going to walk away with. So, so much of this, I think, is about how you present that to them. Absolutely. And if you happen to be listening to this episode and aren't a single parent, just know that actually is applicable no matter what. I often say to my children, you know what, that question you asked me is going to take my full focus and I'm not able to give it right now. Can I check back in with you when I can give this question the attention it deserves? So that's actually something you can utilize. I mean, across the board, it doesn't have to be just about self-care. No, I do that all the time. Like, oh, I I so want to see the comic book that you wrote. I'm cooking dinner right now and I can't give it my full attention. That deserves my full attention. Let's check back after dinner, which sends a message that I, I get that that's a disappointment. I want you to understand why. I'm making the choice I'm making. It's actually about you, mm-hmm. right? Which still sends the message that you are my priority, even though it might not look that way in this moment. Yeah, absolutely. So take care of yourself first. I mean, that is paramount for you to do a good job. And I think just a couple other things I want to talk about that are challenging when you're a single parent. One is how do you parent well in your finances. Mm. And the other one is how you parent well in your relationships with others so that you're modeling well. And yes, I'm going to talk about dating. So finances, way normal if things are tight. Obviously, that is not everybody. There are people who are high up executives and corporations that end up divorced, widowed, you name it, and are just fine. But I think often 
part and parcel with being a single parent is having this struggle. So I want people to hear that also you shouldn't feel guilty about doing what you need to do to make ends meet. Like work isn't the enemy if you need to do that. I think there's also like this extra guilt like, oh, before I was a stay-at-home mom and now I have to put my kids in daycare or school or whatever. I know that was a huge hurdle for me. It was one of like the, if you ask me the hardest part of my divorce, it was my return to the workforce. Absolutely by far. And that is because my identity was so in what I was providing while being home. And it really hurt to remove that. And I just want to say it can be done well. You can you can work and it's amazing the things that you can do on very little money. I remember my accountant telling me, I don't understand how this math is working. I mean, he would just he would do my taxes at the end of the year and almost chuckle like I don't get it like you're below the poverty line how is this working so here is what I will say I mean you should listen to the money episodes if you want further things but this is where being fiscally responsible really matters I mean you really cannot be willy-nilly with your money if you're a single parent and things are tight this is when having a budget is critical saving is critical just being a good model in all of those ways I think is really important but I think it it, it really can't be overstated. So here's the thing. It really isn't about how much money you make. It's about how you manage it. And I barely made any money, but because I was careful with it, we still had a pretty great life. And my kids even say that. Like, we still went on trips. And that's because we chose what to prioritize and that I was going to put experiences above things, as I've talked about before. And I'm not going to make a big lecture out of that. I just want to really say this is the time that's worth it to be careful, because then you give your kids that great life that doesn't feel like a downgrade. Well, and I, I do have something from the child's perspective Thank to share you. Let's about this hear it. that I think is really important for single parents to hear. So when my parents split, money absolutely became tight. Again, like you said, totally normal. And my... My dad bought a house when I was 17, and we'd been living in an apartment, which is also really normal. You go from living in a house to living in an apartment. That's a hard shift mm-hmm. for kids. My dad bought a house when my senior year, and, um, you know, realtors often give, like, a gift, like a, 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 a percentage, 1% of mm-hmm. whatever the sale of the. So this realtor gave my dad a, a gift card to one of the local, you know, big stores. Um, and it was like, I don't know, $200 or something. And my dad used it to buy my prom dress. Aww. But what I'm saying from the child's perspective is when they grow up, if you have loved your children well, if you have truly done the best that you can, I promise you, your children will notice and remember and will know that and will be grateful for it because that stuck with me forever. That selflessness, that love of parent, like I want my daughter to have a prom dress. This is the only way I'm going to be able to do it. So this is how I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. So really for single parents out there to know that as long as you are loving them well and they are getting this message, it, the, the, the sacrifices you make, the choices you make will not go unnoticed and they will be appreciated. Maybe not in that moment, but years later down the line, I promise you, they will see it. Absolutely. I mean, that's a huge memory to you and made you emotional to this day. And I think you've hit on something, too, about quantity versus quality. And I'm not talking quality like brand name. I'm saying the meaningfulness of that, that he used that toward you. My kids don't aren't aren't, I mean, I don't think it's that they don't remember, but their focus on those single parent years is not 
that there were less gifts under the Christmas tree, or maybe the birthday party wasn't as fancy. They remember what I was able to do and the experiences I chose to prioritize, which were a sacrifice. And that's what they recall. So absolutely, that will not return void. It is worth it. Like, invest in that. And that does though require those some of the nuts and bolts like be careful because you have maybe less resources to go around and so how you use it becomes important it's not it's not worth getting hung up on how much you make and it's never going to work be it it's about what you do with it and those kind of special things like that story Kira just shared oh I mean they'll remember those kind of things forever forever truly so that's all if you if you want actual tips on what that looks like and some ideas you can listen to the to money episodes but I'm just saying as a single parent it becomes kind of critical in a different way sure. that your resources go toward prioritizing kids and not just willy-nilly especially if there's less resources and then just quickly I want to say if you're a single parent and you're wondering how you cope with relationships getting maybe back out into the the dating world I really really recommend waiting at least two years after any big event, like a divorce, a death, you really need time to recover from that. And I also would say, depending on the ages of the kids, you may need to wait longer. It's absolutely fine and admirable to even say, I'm going to finish raising my children before I do that. Totally fine. Very respectable option. Obviously not going to appeal to everybody. I totally get that. Some people are like, I would like to try again. I'm still young or whatever. And that's fine. I just think there's an importance to putting on the brakes with that. It can be easy to kind of want to immediately just have a partner again and have help financially. I mean, whatever. There can be many reasons for that that maybe are not all the best, but everybody needs a break. And your children are generally behind you, as I've talked about before in some of the blended family episodes. So if you're feeling ready to bring someone in your life, they are likely three to four years behind you and nowhere near ready. So it's just worth thinking about and slowing down. And if if you'd like a really great kind of detailed treatment of this issue, I really recommend the book Dating and the Single Parent. It's really excellent. It talks not only about those time frames, but hey, say you do want to dip your toe back in the pool. What's a way to do that respectfully and being careful of the kids? So one thing I'm saying on a practical level, though, just on this podcast is timing. So wait, wait, wait. And the other one is I would really, again, there all my things are about waiting on this, I guess, really wait to introduce your children to someone because they can get attached to this new person. And then if it doesn't last, that is another painful thing for them, just like the death was or the divorce or the breakup or whatever brought you to your single parenting circumstances, they are going to view this as yet another catastrophe in that same direction. Yep. <laughs> I had a parent who did it one way and I had a parent who Uh did it the other. I think I've talked about this before. And I can tell you that my mom jumped right back in. I met everyone very quickly after my parents split Mm. up. And it sucked. Um, And my dad did not. And that was great. Um, Because of exactly what you said. Like, yes, their lives are moving forward. You know, marriages dissolve in a million different ways. And and as you said, this isn't always about a relationship dissolving. Um, but when it is about a relationship dissolving, which is what I can speak to, you know, I, I would imagine there's a freedom there. There's a feeling mm-hmm. of, okay, we're out of this thing that didn't feel good to us, that wasn't working, and we're free. And there's a, a desire to move forward. And that makes sense. And your kids were not desiring to be free. And they are not desiring to move forward. So I, I think your point 
is absolutely right. And I would also say that even if you feel like I really need this, I want the companionship, you can also find a way of moving forward without involving them so that they are free to have their feelings and sort through that without, you know, trying to do that with a brand new person in their life. That was very, very challenging and something that I definitely at the time wished wished was different. I am so grateful that you shared that. It just kind of puts the exclamation point on what I said from that perspective. And I want to say to those of you listening, if you need more, you're like, oh, that just was the tip of the iceberg, which, it, of course, I mean, it's such a huge topic. Please reach out to us because we while we have different kind of areas of expertise in terms of our parent coaching, we're always happy to talk about anything in your parenting journey. And what's great here is you have someone who's been through it on the side of being an adult, walking that road, but you also have someone who can give you the perspective, oh, here's what your kid might be thinking or feeling. Here's how your children might be responding. So please don't hesitate to get a coaching session around this if that's a need for you. You can find us, just send us an email and we're happy to set something up, info at futurefocusedparenting.com. The other thing you should know is that if you go to our website, futurefocusedparenting.com, and you're looking through the coaching rates, do not let that concern you. We offer a sliding scale for single parents. So reach out to us. We are happy to work with you. We absolutely understand that there are different financial constraints sometimes in this particular season. So please don't let that stop you from getting help so that you can do this the best that you can. I do have a quote today. And this is from adoption.com, and I just love it. It it would be great if you could see it, but I'm going to describe it to you. So it's got the word bio with a cross, like a line through it, and then step, line through it, foster, line through it, adoptive, line through it. it. And then it says, it's not the word before parent that defines, but rather the love and dedication in the parent's heart. And I want to add, you could put the word single there. It is. It does not matter, bio, parent foster parent, step parent, single parent, your love and dedication to your children is what matters and is what they're going to remember. Single parents, I, I mean, I'm in awe of them. I, I have had them, you know, in my own life. And I just think that there's so much guilt and there's so much that they're holding. They're holding so much all by themselves. And just from the child's perspective to know that it you are you are doing right by them if you're mm-hmm. loving them well. You really are. Yeah. And and that you are enough, I guess, is what I'm trying yes. to say. Yes. Oh, and it's so easy to feel like you're not enough because you feel like there's certain things I can't offer or that I don't bring to the table yeah. or but that is the best thing you can do. The best service you can give your child is just loving them well. Even if you fall down in some areas and get some of it wrong. The love and dedication, the sacrifice, the time. I mean, that's really what speaks to a, to a child. It speaks to their heart, whether they're able to articulate it, and they may not be expressing gratitude in the moment, maybe not for years, but that is what matters. So I'm actually, I'm just so glad you're here because you can provide that insight. Yeah, no, it's, it's like mean, a window into what what perspective the child has on all of this. I mean, that's really... Really beautiful. Yeah. But I had parents who did it well. Mm-hmm. So that it's also a testament to how important it is to do it well. Yes. You and know? you can be a future-focused single parent. It oh, is, it you is have possible. You to be a future-focused single I, parent. I mean, there almost isn't an option. You've got to have a strong intention around this. You absolutely can't wing it. Your life is already 
probably dictated for you in a lot of ways. You're going to have a lot of constraints that you wouldn't have maybe in a two-parent home. You're going to have constraints on your time. You're going to have constraints on your budget. You're going to have constraints on what kind of job you can get based on when you need to pick your child up from daycare. I mean, so many things. So it's absolutely important and imperative that you approach this with a strong a strong intention yeah. with good goals in mind. And I can say just from a, you know, private practice perspective that I definitely had clients who came in that were children of single parents and the ones who were traumatized by it were the ones that were neglected and didn't feel loved and didn't feel like they still had a parent like suddenly they became the grown up. Mm-hmm. So again, it I've had plenty of people come through my door who had single parents who felt loved and supported and their needs were met. And gosh, my my mom or my dad was a hero. I I look at them and I'm like amazed by what they did for me. So Mm -hmm. don't get caught up in in not feeling like you are enough. You can be. You really can. So if you haven't reviewed the podcast, you know, we love those five star reviews. Be sure to do that, please. And for more information, you can email us, info at futurefocusedparenting.com or check out the website, futurefocusedparenting.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Future Focused Parenting and at Raising Adults Podcast. And our YouTube channel is Future Focused Parenting. I have now said Future Focused Parenting about 100 times. (laughs) So we're going to end the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded in my laundry room. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening.